problem. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what she said? She might be happy if she's <laughs> Oh, good afternoon. Happy Hi. Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Right. Very good. Very good. You took it nice and slow. Happy oh Wednesday. Uh, welcome to uh, Live from Raps, episode 39. Was it 39 yesterday? No, 38 yesterday. Okay, well, it says 39. 39. Or 39. I thought you said 39 yesterday. I <laughs> might have said 39, but yesterday was 38. I mean... Yeah. Okay. I, Moving I on. I think we're following the numbers, right? It doesn't really matter at it this doesn't. point. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, as we talk about the days, uh, <laughs> I might as well share it now. Uh, the meme of the day says perfectly, just keeping track of. Oh, yes. Not in my house, obviously. But <laughs> For some, this could be very true. <laughs> they would be really close together. Have maybe a glass a day, which is all I need. So, Naz, did you, uh, we, we were just talking about your little issue. So, did you not cook with your, your pan last night? No, I had a little issue with my cast iron uh, pan, and it's being uh, looked into. But, uh, yeah, I put it in my grill to heat it up, as the instructions said. And uh, the it's like the coating blistered. So, I was very disappointed. I was so prepared and everything there, and I was ready to go. But that's okay. I just uh, put it right on the grill, and it came out perfectly. See, it was it was great. I just I, I honestly, I'm not a big fan of cooking things on the grill because I don't because you know the health issues about charcoal and although I don't have a charcoal grill, I, I'm I'm a little paranoid about toxins. So, <laughs> so you don't grill because of that? Well, I don't grill a lot because of that. Yeah. Okay. I don't use my microwave because of that a lot. The microwave, I totally get. But the grill, yeah. even at high heat, kind of kills things. And but it, it create when it when things burn off, they create they create reactions in your food. I, I listen. You get. We'll have somebody. I'll have my nutritionist come on and explain all of that. I would like to. It's not gonna. It's not gonna stop me. From, and no, it won't. Um, and you know, grilling. as long as you're healthy, it shouldn't. But maybe you just. But for some people, maybe there's a reason. I get it. All right. I'm not judging. I might be, I just maybe slightly judging. No, I'm kidding. That's, you can judge away. It's not going to change my behavior. Oh, no. This is a judgment-free zone, remember? Uh, well, you know, I have to, I have to share this. because. So what did you do? You what? So what What did you end up? You, you I grilled last night. Okay, good. <laughs> of course. I, it was beautiful out. Why wouldn't it? It was really. But, but honestly, by the time I actually got outside to grill, it was like 6.30. And it was already starting to get a little chilly. It was, yeah, but it was it was nice. It was a nice day. It was, you know, it was sunny, so that made it that made it nice. Yeah, the sun was still beating. We were in good shape yesterday, yeah. and hopefully Saturday when we go outside, uh, it'll it'll be just as it'll be. Just yeah, nice. I don't over calling for as of right now. It was a little rain in the morning, early early. It says early a.m. So we should be good to go. All right, I'm excited. We're gonna do something a little different. We're gonna take it outside. Participate in a cookout, whatever the heck, heck this thing Front is. Front yard barbecue. Front yard cookout. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so <laughs> I have to share this. this is, my brother's going to kill me, but I think it's hysterical. So you know what people, um, you didn't see this yet, which is even better. No, I didn't. So <laughs> uh, if it's going to embarrass one of your brothers, that makes me One happy. of uh, Anthony. Uh, 
people are home working out. So they're working out the Zoom class. I'm seeing, I have, I have friends that are, that actually yeah. have yoga studios or teach yeah, yoga. It's great. They're like, doing virtual yoga. Probably something they might ordinarily not do in a class of people, sure. but because they're home, they, and maybe it's a way for them to transition into a class. I think it's great. I, a, a, one of somebody, somebody that I know that has a studio is actually going to, is changing their complete business model. Absolutely. Going to continue the virtual classes. And then of course, all for the onsite, but this is something. So anyway, so Anthony has with, with some friends does a virtual workout every day. Oh. And then, you know, I get the, every day I get the little update uh, of what we're doing. You know, I've learned the cherry pickers and the wind chill wipers. Awesome. Uh, I can't wait to see. This. So I decided to go downstairs and check in on him um, just to see what was going on. And I was hoping to get him dancing or, or something. Right. I, I didn't get that. But is I, he do what kind of workout is it? Is, is it yoga? Obviously, it's a it's a mix. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, let's see the picture. Maybe we can. It's a video. It out. <gasps> oh, is it a video? Oh, video. oh. You oh. might not be prepared. But he prepare yourself. So this, this, this is, is gonna be Anthony awesome. working out. Uh, <laughs> He's such a good sport, your brother. I he really he really is. Oh, that's I funny. I got him good. That's funny. Scared well, I don't like what well, you know and you know, I shall <laughs> a lot of that goes on in my house too and i don't know why the easily people are easily startled because i guess we kind of get home and we get into our little you know you get into your like your little zone and you kind of zone everybody else out yeah. and then somebody else is in the room and you don't even realize they walked in and yeah particularly my mother and i do that to each other all the time and it's he didn't want to be alone, so he's he quarantined with us, and this is getting it's starting to get old, but it's, it's working. <laughs> soon he'll go back home. Yeah, soon, soon he'll, he'll, go, back. he'll go back. He'll be back away. Of but it's, the bridge. It's, it's been good. Uh, it's been all right. But that's coming here is certainly helping that every day. Yeah. Uh, but I got a good kick out. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I'm not right. No, no, no. Come on, you laugh too. So if you laughed, you can't say John. You can't say that I'm not right if you laughed at at that too, right? You just can't. And you, you know why it's funny because Anthony really, uh, he's a very good sport and he, he really is, he's very easy about laughing at himself most of the time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He, he really is. He's a good sport. Uh, and that's why it works. And, and so, and when he was on the show, we were talking about inspiration for writing and, uh, and from his perspective. So he writes comedy. Uh, our guest today writes, uh, doesn't really write comedy, although I can argue we could turn this into comedy, Rob. Uh, <laughs> You and you write, I think any writer, and, and but we're going to ask Rob this question too. Anthony says he writes from his personal experiences. And when writing comedy, you, of course, you embellish. And I think every writer, depending on what you're writing, yeah, you're right. is in the same boat. So sometimes I really wonder what goes on in Anthony's head for him to write what he does write. <laughs> the things he writes. Like right. he says he writes from experience, and I'm going, well, listen. We, what experience might that be? He's <laughs> been around Anthony for a very long time, and he has a very active imagination. He does. And he's very good at uh, continuing a story past what actually happened. So oh, yeah. he does. He's very good at that. That's everyday life. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> Very imaginative. Telling stories all the time, uh, which is, which is yes. great. Yes. Uh, so, Anthony, if, I don't think you're watching yet. Uh, so, hey, that might be great. I will certainly tell you uh, that I shared that video with the world today. Uh, and that's okay, because you'll laugh, but then you'll have something else for me, and we'll take it from there. <laughs> um, anyway, so, well, welcome. Uh, this has been this has been fun. We've been having a good time. Yeah, we have. It, it certainly breaks up my day. And, uh, yeah, it gives us something to do, and it's something to look forward to. And, you know, honestly, I've gotten – I still continue to get messages from people saying thank you for doing this. It You know, it gives us something to look forward to every day. and. Um, and yeah, so that, you know, that makes us, I think that makes us both feel good that we're kind of helping people get through this. It does. It does. And it, it helps us too. And, and nice oh, of you to get out me. of the shop today because you're not breathing in paint. There's a lot of paint, but it's it's what low VOC or whatever they call that. Oh. You can't even smell the paint when you're in there. Although I may be lightheaded from being up on the ladder. It's the first thing I smelt when I walked by. Is it? I don't smell Yeah, I, I even smell it right here. I smelled it coming in here. But well, it's not when you're in it, I mean, you're not yeah, going to smell right. it anymore. Probably because I've been smelling it for Oh, that's your paint. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank well, you. Outside the shop, you smell it. So we use high VOC. Jimmy and Michael are working their way closer to us. Uh, or I should I say we've worked closer to them. We've well, it's kind of we're kind of being in the middle. Yeah, yeah they so, work in this way. Uh, they're, they're over here on the right. staircase in front of us today, uh, and of course they use high VOC paint. To see no, just... <laughs> well, listen, and we are making progress to... with the paint job, so it's coming right along. Naz, you, you're, I, I have to say I'm impressed when I see Naz on a ladder painting. It's not something well, I see. It's, what, it's not something I see. I'm just I like it. Uh, yeah, it was. I was up there painting my stripes, and it was. I was kind of, uh, it was nice. I, I know I you're a DIY be. person. I, 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 I get to see am. some of your craftiness, but yeah. that's not craftiness I get to see on a regular basis. Yeah, wait till it's done. Should we paint the office together? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't think, I don't mind the painting, but I don't like is moving everything. Uh, well, that's true. Ray moved it. And Ray has been <laughs> so good. He's very good at moving. And uh, Liz has helped out too. So kind of right now, everything is piled in the middle of the shop. Jimmy and is checking uh, on your paint job right now. Is he? Yeah, he's in there. He's, he's, he's Jimmy oh, Jimmy Kane? Oh, well, he came through before. He saw. So anyway. I thought you meant Jimmy Labatti. I, I did take one picture of a wall that I'm going to send to Naz and uh, Jimmy and uh, give him a little update. Uh, now, Terry, I did take a photo of Naz painting <laughs> before. I am not sharing it yet. I'm not sharing it till the job is done, but I did take one as I walked in. She turned around and saw me. I was trying to get her in the action, so I'm going to have to try again another time. Was I singing when you called me? No, I was no, in no. there blasting out tunes this morning. I just heard music. So and, was, and it was nice. I was in singing at the top of my horrible voice lungs. Yeah, I only <laughs> I only sing in the shower. When I sing in the shower, the toilet bowl flushes. <laughs> so I try to keep it, keep it at a minimum so nobody can hear me, me singing. Uh, as my talking voice is, is terrible, uh, and I'm aware of that. I'm very well aware that my singing voice is not very good. Well, listen, I, I, I can attest that I'm not a singer, but I like to sing. I, I like, like to sing. I like listening to music and sing. So I had Elton John on all morning. Because oh, you didn't get to go to the concert. I, I was I was a little disappointed. So it's funny because I've watched the movie probably a dozen times. Right. Uh, every time I hear a song that was in the movie, I'm like acting out the, that part of the movie in my head. Not physically acting it out. Do you have any outfits it. that you could put on and then act it out? 
I probably have a pair of those couple of big glasses that he used to have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have those big heels though. Like shimmering pants. He was, or he was quite a character. Uh, well, my first uh, real musical love. Really? I believe it Elton was my John. first. I, well, when I say love, I don't mean. Well, I did. I you know I was a kid. I didn't realize. Of I just loved his music. It was yeah. the first music that I really, I guess I connected to it for some reason. But then, you know, things change. And I liked a lot of different music. So I like everything. Jazz, rock. You do. You, metal. You, you listen I listen to, to everything. You do listen to everything. Do <laughs> uh, so that challenge. talent show. Yeah. I can lip sync really good. That could be, oh, that, yeah. I could do, uh, yeah. I already that, know the song. That's why go. she wants to film some TikToks because she could lip sync very I already well, know the song. They do a lot of that. Oh, speaking of TikTok, I'm sorry you brought that up. But there's one thing I have to say because I, 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 I caught a video in our work page of Kevin laughing at whatever TikTok he was, wa he was watching. Yes. And I think it was the baby with the cheese on yes. the face. So I went searching for it because I wanted to see what it was because Ray asked me what video was that. So I started. So then, of course, I got sucked into the vacuum. And I realized after watching TikTok that I'm pretty sure David Cassidy. Yes, Terry. Um, that uh, I'm pretty sure that the Carol Baskin song <laughs> is the same song as Megan the Stallion. Oh, it probably is. I think it's the same song. Could be. So it took me two weeks. It's the person that supposedly knows all this about music, and it took me two weeks to figure it out. All right. Anyway. Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> Killed her husband. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's and moving on. So Terry, of course, is watching today. Of course. We know Terry doesn't watch every day, and we make fun and yell at her uh, at the same time. Uh, but she wanted us to know that David Cassidy was her first musical love. No, no, no. She liked That's Bobby Sherman. David Cassidy oh, was your oh, I oh, oh, But I was okay. a little older by that right. time. I liked Elton John when I was a little younger. I got you. I but got yes, you. I did like David Cassidy. Bobby Sherman. Bobby oh. Sherman. We there were two distinct camps in our age group. I'm sure there You were. either liked Bobby Sherman or you liked David Cassidy. All right. And you really very few people really kind of liked both. They were two really different. Well when you look at when you look back at, you know, the whole yeah. picture, the whole yeah. thing. There's a lot happening. Anyway. Enough of uh, that nonsense. So, <laughs> uh, we've got a, a special guest with us today. We uh, do. The one and only Rob Hart. Staten Island celebrity. Staten, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Staten Island celebrity. Uh, celebrity here at, here, at, here at Rab's Country Lanes. Uh, hey, Rob. How are you? How are you? We're doing all right. How are you? Hanging in there. You know, no. the best we can. Are, how are you surviving quarantine? I mean, 90% of it is trying to keep my daughter from burning the house down. Um, <laughs> and, and, and you know you know how capable she is of that. She's very focused. Yes, focused is the word. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, you know, um, just trying to get some steps every day and get some writing done and just kind of keep her entertained. And, and, you know, hopefully this will be over sooner rather than later. We were talking about Abigail yesterday, and I yeah. certainly miss Abigail running in the office on Fridays and coming to say bell. hello. The and bell. then, of course, oh, I should have brought the bell out. I didn't I bring the bell out. The bell. Uh, Rob thinks it's the stupidest thing in the world, which is pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, the bell, uh, which she, of course, will ring looking for Nana. And it worked. But you know what? It works. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't think that ever works in your household with all the, with with your siblings and looking for your mother. Yeah, no, she was pretty good at hiding from us. <laughs> <laughs> and Terry, I I don't want to. Rob, would you rather be quarantined with with uh, your mother or father? Oof, that's tough. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough decision. Why? 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 Why would you even ask me that? That's just mean. <laughs> it doesn't mean one is your favorite. It just means that one would be easier to spend a long period of time with. You know, probably my dad because my dad is quieter. Yeah, but he's sneaky. Your dad. He is. He is. Yeah, I don't know, but but also, you know what it is though. My dad can cook, and my mom mm, oh, not as well. There it is. Yeah. There it is. She afar? she. My goal is to make her mad for asking me to do this. So <laughs> let's just keep going. I can't. You know, it's funny. From afar, I would answer the same way. Just knowing the two of them, I would pick Bob, and I love Terry. Uh, I would probably pick Terry. You probably you would. Of course, I you would pick Terry. We would order out every day, and it wouldn't matter. And um. <laughs> We would just, yeah, because uh, Terry and I get along really well. So we would just sit and chat and watch TV. And I have to say, yeah, I'm sure you would. You, we, you talk all day anyway. Anyway, uh, you have a, a proud proud family, and we, we love hearing. Um, that we really appreciate you dropping in with us. And she really is a proud mom, even even your father. The, yeah. the stuff that when they talk about you and the work that you've done, and they're proud of all their kids. Oh, yeah. uh, but I will say, when when she's uh, selling your books or <laughs> uh, talking about you, it, it, it's definitely with pride. And I, I know you know that. Well, you know, I, I almost feel like I should give her a salary because she's just like the amount of people browbeats into buying my books is astounding. Um, like she just like when, whenever I have a new book out, it's always like weeks of her being like hey are you home right now because i need to come have like 10 copies signed <laughs> and, and and i always have to check with her because she'll she'll go to bookstores and get them or she'll order them online and i'm like people are paying you back for these right you're not just like buying them yourself and giving them away and she's like no pe pe people are paying me and i'm like well thank god one way to get on the bestseller list yeah yeah <laughs> and, and you know what? You've built a fan base here. And I will say we don't charge her a vig to sell them from the counter. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> but we do appreciate uh, we appreciate the work. And the cool part, you have also uh, extended even further. Uh, yeah. Of course, she pushed you and asked you. But, hey, you've got you've given an opportunity to raffle off uh, your books, uh, autographed books. Or, but also or to have a, a spot in your uh, book as a character. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a cool, cool thing. Yeah, my mom had to remind me about that because I'm writing my new one right now and I completely forgot. And she was like, oh, did you add in this person? And I'm like, uh, tell me their name again. Um, so I, I I had one character that it was like a nice, easy swap. So oh, Liz cool. Gottlieb got her character. All right. Oh, so Liz Gottlieb, uh, Kathy Wichnovitz, I believe, won the first, one, right. first one. Yeah. And uh, uh, now we got, we got Liz Gottlieb. That's cool. So. Yeah. Oh, we were just talking a little bit. So my brother came on uh, in the beginning of doing all this, and he's got some wonky work and some great work that he does. And he talks about writing and writing from experience. And your work is is certainly much different. What what gives you? Where does the uh, inspiration for the work that you you've written come from? You know, uh, and yeah, you know, it was interesting what you were saying before. Um, I mean, I think all writing is you know autobiographical. Um, no matter what you're writing. The, the the nice thing about fiction is that you get to pretend that it's not real. Um, 
Whereas with something like comedy, it's a little bit more personal and it's a little bit more rooted in your personal experience. But, um, you know, I, I obviously when it comes to some of like the crazier stuff I've written, you know, I'm filtering that through, uh, you know, what I've seen in movies or TV or, or just my weird sort of troubling imagination. But, you know, the, the most important part of a story is sort of those those sort of shared universal feelings we all have of, of you know, frustration and triumph and, and anger and disappointment and love and friendship and, and all this. So that's really where you kind of have to dig into the personal end of things, you know, so and that's where it really comes out. How hard is it to go from, you know, uh, saying, oh, yeah, you know what? I, th I think I could write a book. I have this story in my head to actually structuring it so that it can actually be a real book. I would assume that that's a process. Oh yeah, no, it's it's immensely complicated. And yeah. you know, besides, uh, there, there's obviously you need to have some talent, but I also think you need to be insanely stubborn. You know, you have to, you have to be willing to say like, no, I'm gonna get this done because it's, it's you know, I, I decided when I was like, 18 or 19 that I wanted to write a book. And my first book didn't come out until I was like 32. So that, that was a decently big stretch of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something that you really have to really want to do because in the beginning, the only one pushing you forward is yourself. Right. And, and part of the, part of the process is actually finding your process and what works for you. You know, like my first book that got, that came out took me five years to write. The second one took like nine months. Cause by then it was like, Oh, I kind of think I understand how this works right now. Right. But um, but it's still, it develops and it evolves and it changes. Um, because also every time I start a new book, I kind of feel like I don't remember how to write books. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Um, so it's, yeah, you know, I, I can say how difficult it is because the amount of people who say I want to write a book versus the amount of people who actually manage to write a book, I feel like that's a pretty wide gap, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a huge struggle and, and it involves a lot of rejection and a lot of frustration and a lot of sort of like, I I'm at a point right now where I can say with some reasonable degree of certainty, I'm an okay writer. Um, and I still am like, I'm working on my new book and I'm struggling at points and I'm like, this is garbage. Like, why does anyone want to read the things that I write? So it's a lot of it is just getting past self-doubt. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I was going to, you know, you must struggle. I mean, uh, like any artist, I would think would, that you're kind of putting yourself and your thoughts and whatever process you're going through on the line that, you know, the fear of that being rejected or incorrect. So, so if you say you have this book and you write it, you write it out and you now uh, submit it to somebody, I assume that there's some uh, pushback of, oh, no, this has to change or you can't do this. or So how does that process work? You know, I haven't really dealt with that too much. Um, you know, uh, like like there, there's always developments and there's always stuff that changes. You know, um, like my literary agent who who understands the market very well, he'll he'll sort of give me notes and give me edits. Um, and then my book will go to my editor and my editor will give me notes and edits. But it's always stuff. It, it's not so much you can't do this. It's more in line of like, this is how we make this story stronger and this is how we improve on it. You know, like I've never been told, oh, this is th this is not something you're allowed to write. It's only been, you know, okay, we're almost there. 
but this is how we get there. And well, you um, must be much better than you think you are. <laughs> I'm sorry. You must be much better than you think you are. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny again with the self doubt. I remember um, with with the warehouse, which obviously, which was like my breakout. You know, I I sent it to my agent. And I'm like, this thing is garbage. This is so bad. I'm so sorry. Just like tell me, tell me if it's salvageable. And he's like, no, I think we're going to be okay. And then like he sent it out, and like a few days later, we we were we had all these publishers like interested in buying it. And I'm like, I guess I just don't understand my own work. <laughs> with anybody whether even any type of art you're yeah, you, yeah. music i think those in music go go through the same struggle whether you're a songwriter yeah. or or you're, you're a producer I, I without a doubt same same type of thing well and i i think it's healthy uh to a degree as, as long as it's not preventing you from getting the work done um a degree of self-doubt is important because it's just going to push you to work harder yeah you just can't push you can't push yourself so far where you're like ah never mind and right, i and right, give up on it, it. Right. You yeah you're through it and so and so you've you've you talk about the warehouse being the bring, being the breakthrough. Uh, so talk a little bit about that experience. You get, you know, you, to your point, you submit it. Okay, yeah, I think it's a piece of crap, right? And then all of a sudden, you get these phone calls. What, what was that feeling like to to now put something out there that, whoa, okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm now I'm wrong. Somebody's looking at it from a different lens, and look where what it's become. Yeah, it was uh, it was bizarre, you know, because. What, what happened was, so usually in publishing, you know, you submit a book to a bunch of editors. And if you're lucky, one of the editors says, you know, okay, I would like to buy this book. And then they publish it. And what we ended up, what ended up happening is so many editors wanted it. We were about to go to auction, which exactly what it sounds like. Everyone puts in their best offer and, and the winner gets it. Uh, but then Crown at Penguin Random House did what's called a preempt, which is they basically say, here's what we will pay you. Don't have the auction. And oh. they just, and it's, it's, it worked out okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so then, and that kind of led to a series of dominoes where, you know, because it's sold in a significant deal in the US, um, my agent took it to the London Book Fair, which is where a lot of foreign sales happen. And everyone wanted to read it there. And so we started racking up all these foreign sales. And then because the, the global box, the, the box office is becoming much more global, all of a sudden Hollywood gets interested. And then we've got all these production studios who are interested in the book. And during that process, it was so completely surreal because I would wake up in the morning and have, and because of the time difference with my agent in London, I'd wake up in the morning and, and there were all these like new numbers and new offers in from the foreign publishers. And then the day would be kind of empty. And then at the end of the day, around like eight or nine o'clock when like Hollywood was finally getting their stuff done, I would start getting news from Hollywood. So like, and, and it was just, it was, it's, it's, it's crazy because that's sort of like the goal. That's the dream, but like, it's, it's very rare for that to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, deals like that only happen a couple of times a year. So all of a sudden I'm just sitting there like, this is just dumb. Like this entire thing is dumb. And, 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 and there, there were points like, even after I was like signing contracts and getting paid, I really thought someone was going to show up and, and, and it was going to be like this elaborate prank. Like, like I had very deeply wronged somebody at some point in my life and they were getting like the most amazing revenge on me possible. You, you thought you got punked. Yeah. Well, yeah. Essentially. What Anthony went through when, what, what Anthony's process of yeah. how that started to open up for him. Anthony's process a little different. So, uh, he, his, his play work, my big gay Italian wedding was on stage for 15, 15 it was in the in out there for 15, 16 years. I think about the time that 
uh, it got picked up. So he gets the, he always gets inquiries, right? And so you might, you get a phone call, you don't believe it. I, and I'm the first one. I don't get excited until I see some sort of contract or I see money. I'm yeah. not, you know, because everybody, everybody's got this plan for you. Yeah. Rob, you know, all your books are going to become movies. You know, you're going to do this. Okay. Yeah. Right. Whatever. And, and to your point, it, it happens here. But with Anthony, because of the entertainment side, uh, picked up in a foreign country to be made a film. And then they, of course, made tons of promises uh, to him as well. They actually optioned both two stories of his and they only picked up one. Uh, and that was, wonky to begin with, but it's out, it's out there. Por Bushpare Lo Sposo. It was an Italian film. It's available on, um, it's available on Prime uh, and, and it's dubbed in English, which was one of his arguments. And I, I want to ask you something similar about this too. He, it was an Italian film. He has the rights. They can't, they could only do so much with it. But of course in entertainment, they, they're going to twist right, right. and do what they can with it. They dubbed it in English to put out in this market. Well, he flipped think? out. Yeah. But they cannot, they can disseminate it dubbed, but they cannot do it in English. So that's the argument. Oh, right? They can't do oh, it in English and disseminate it in America. Why they, but uh, they why could they dub it in English, which yeah. again bothered him. It was, I'm sorry, not dubbed in English, subtitles. Subtitles. But that's they were able to dub it in German. Right. So in Europe, in, so now in the international book market, uh, and I've seen the photos, you've got different covers. Uh, yeah. do, do they change your work for language purposes? Uh, how well, deep does that, that go? Yeah. You know, uh, that's a great question because to a large degree, I can't tell. Um, you know, I, uh, I I had beers with my uh, with my Dutch publisher when I was in Amsterdam, and when we talked a little bit about that process and like how sometimes there are words or ideas that don't really translate very well. Um, and 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 he pointed to like a few words in the book that he had to find sort of like a more Dutch equivalent. Um, you know, I feel like the the nuances of language are weird. You know, um, it's also a conversation I had with my my French publisher. Um, she was telling me that she's read these books in in like in English that that are really thrilling and really amazing. But if the translation isn't right, you kind of lose some of that magic. So you have to you have to find someone who's sort of not translating just the words, but sort of the tone and the style and right. And it's also it, it, it's you know you're you're putting faith in in these publishers to to do the job right because again at the end of the day I have literally no idea whether these translations are any good everyone tells me they're good um, but I can't read them so uh, I mean it's it's fun to have them I uh, you know I, I I'm kind of curious about like especially once the like, like with the the Asian translations because we sold in like Korea and China and in China you can sell in both like simple uh, simplified uh, Chinese and, and complicated Chinese and you know a lot of those are going to be interesting because I feel like that would demand some sort of changes because because of the language nuances but yeah no it's uh at the end of the day though they're all legitimate publishers they're all really good they're all doing great work so I'm not I'm not too worried about that you get paid at the end of the day you get a check so what does it matter also that. <laughs> but I, I'm sure it's it's cool to to get a copy of your book in another language and go wow. Oh yeah, cool. yeah. No, it was fantastic. Um, you know, I I was a little bummed. Be and, and obviously, you know, it is what it is. But I was supposed to go on a French tour. Um, like at the at the beginning of April, I was supposed to go to uh to Paris and Lyon, and obviously it got canceled. And, and I hope I get to go out there at some point in the future. But um, you know, doing the foreign stuff is great because because the mar it's so different. It's so different in other countries. Um, the, j j just the literary tradition. Like, you know, I feel like here in America, like I sometimes, like, like it could be a real struggle to get people to come out to book events, you know? 
Um, and usually the people who come out are people who know me or, or authors I know or, or just like friends of friends. Whereas I was in Germany and I did an event in Munich where we got like between 50 and 75 people and then an event in Hamburg where we got over 100 and those people actually paid to be there because wow. it was like part of a festival. Right. And it's like you just don't see that in the yeah. US unless you're at like the level of like Margaret Atwood or Stephen King or somebody. Right. And so uh, there you, you know uh, th th there just seems to be a little bit more value put you, you know like people in foreign countries are just excited to see an author, you know, regardless of of who they are or where they're from and that was that that was fun. That was that was pretty gratifying. Yeah, we experienced we when we went to Italy with Anthony, we and he Anthony talks about his experiences around the world and traveling similar uh and just that in Italy, the, it was just a different experience for him. Even for us, seeing fawning over someone you have no clue, but you know that he wrote the work, uh, which is cool. And I, I, I actually think there's more legitimacy to that, right? Yeah. As an author, I'm sitting in a room with people. I don't know one person. Yeah. And yeah. they actually they paid they to actually for see your work, me. right? Right. Yeah. It's that, that is that is really cool. So uh, we talk about this wonky world that we live in, and so this book, The Warehouse. Uh, you know, I've read, I've read through it and I, I've read it. And I, I, Rob, you, you, are you now that you could be the new Simpsons predicting <laughs> the future of where we're where we're at? What, when did you start writing this? Obviously, you had inspiration, but now when you look back at what you wrote and look at where we are today, yeah. uh, what now goes through your head? Uh, it's 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 not always the best feeling because yeah. I kind of thought that this is where we were headed in like. 10 to 20 years right, right, way and, down the road <laughs> yeah and and now it's going to be like next year um but but i started this back in 2012 and i you know at that point i just kind of had a, a kernel of an idea and i was laying down notes and stuff and it, it took a little while for it to percolate because it was kind of a complicated book but the idea was is that like it, it's what would happen if amazon basically took over the economy and then built uh, a, a live work model where you lived at your job um which is becoming you know, it's like the old the old mining towns or what Foxconn does in Asia um, with like Foxconn City and stuff. And, you know, it, it seems like we were kind of headed that way. And now with this with this pandemic, you know, it's sort of it's 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 leveling the playing field for Amazon because it's wiping out small businesses. It's making Amazon that much more powerful because people are relying on home delivery. Yeah. Um, you know, so many people are laying off, but Amazon is hiring. So, you know, and, and we're, we're now stuck inside, almost like these characters are stuck inside this facility. And it's like, it's just really creepy. Um, you know, I have a buddy, uh, Chuck Wendig, he wrote this book called Wanderers, and it's about a pandemic uh, and, and, and what it does to the US. And the two of us just like, sometimes <laughs> we're like, this, this is not fun, man. <laughs> this is not fun. You almost feel like you're being punked again. Somebody took what yeah. you did and, yeah. and just threw it out there in the real life. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I mean, part of me feels a little bit proud because it's like, oh, you know, I did a somewhat decent job of, of predicting things that were going to happen. Um, but it's still, yeah, it's, uh, the, the whole reason I wanted to write this was just kind of like a cautionary tale. And, you know, I, I think it's becoming like more and more cautionary by the day. And, 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 and it's scary, right? If you think about it, it could yeah. be scary. So now, and, do you think that's why the popularity of, of the book and why you, you get options uh, by Ron Howard uh, yeah. for, for, for the screen? So do you think that that's, that's why? 
I mean, I think that people are becoming more cognizant of these issues, the way that sort of like large corporations really treat us as like food they eat to grow bigger. I mean, and the pandemic is making that very clear, you know, when you've got, uh, when you've got a company where, you know, the, the CEOs are making $15 million a year and they're having to lay off employees because they can't afford them anymore. It's like, maybe you don't need $15 million a year, you know, like maybe, maybe this is, maybe this, this system does not work or, you know, the way the the government basically structured the bailouts to help large businesses. We're, we're, we're like, you know, you've got like Shake Shack or Ruth Christie, like going in and getting like $20 million a pop. And, you know, that really should have been a program designed for like, rats, you know, uh, you're a small business that needs help, not Shake Shack, which has 189 locations in the US that that is not a small business. Um, but that's that's sort of the system like like they're I, I really feel like they're trying to protect the system of making sure the people at the top stay as wealthy as possible and the people at the bottom stay sort of desperate for their crumbs and you know it, it makes me it makes me kind of angry um and and that's why i wrote the book but but i do think that people are keying into that a lot more than they have in the past and i feel like if i had written this book in 2012 and tried to sell it then it maybe wouldn't have hit as hard as it did well, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like the timing was just really on my side on this, which is a lot of publishing. A lot of publishing is timing. You know, like you could have a book that, you know, is absolutely brilliant, but sometimes the market just can't bear it or something similar already came out or something similar is in the pipeline. And it's 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 always it's more art than science with this stuff. Well, right place, right time. I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. I think, and I think that's with anything. It's yeah. Certain- Certainly with anything. And uh, so talk about the, the movie option. Uh, what, what could that look like? I've seen you work on a big screen. Yeah, you know, uh, it's exciting. Um, so last summer I was in San Diego for Comic-Con and I drove up to LA to meet with uh, meet with some people at Imagine Entertainment. And I met with the screenwriter um, who was a super smart guy. And he had a lot of really good ideas. Um, at the end of the day, like, like I know people always say like, oh, you know, the book was so different from the movie, but books have to be different from movies. Like there's a lot of stuff that that's just not visual that, that needs yeah. to be translated. And, you know, all of all of the changes they wanted to make and all the ideas they had were fantastic. So I'm like, yeah, you know, do it. No problem. Um, you know, and I had a really good conversation with them and, and the screenplay is either done or just about done. So um it's also like Hollywood takes Hollywood takes a very long time with everything, so it's not like it's it's not a quick process. So I, I'm just basically I'm excited to kind of like have my name in the mix on that and to yeah. to see how it goes. So how was Comic Con? Lunacy, <laughs> like sheer and utter lunacy. It was it was really fun to see, you know. And I was thinking about going again this year, but it was also kind of like you know you're on this you're you're in this room where you it's so big you literally can't see the far end of it and you're just crushed it's shoulder to shoulder people and i at one point like i wanted to walk around and and see some stuff and i just gave up because i'm like i can't get through this like this is just not fun um but like once you're once you're out in the city afterward it's like nerd mardi gras it's actually (laughs) kind of crazy because like all the bars are spilling out in the streets but everyone's like dressed as comic book characters and movie characters and stuff so it's uh it was definitely it was definitely really exciting to do. So, um, but also one of those things that like I'm not going to rush to do again, or or I I would almost rather go there and just hang out with like my friends, like the other artists and the other writers that that I'm friendly with, and just like get drinks or go down to the beach or something, or like you know skip down to Mexico for the day or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, the the show floor itself is just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's cool. That, you know, so there, we have a couple of questions from our, our viewers here. Uh, a great question. So one, uh, this, this is uh, Kevin, Kevin Rourke. Uh, Rob, do you have a favorite author that you may try to parallel? Um, maybe, maybe not parallel. Uh, I, I'm a humongous fan of Ray Bradbury, and I definitely had him in mind while I was writing this. Because um, Fahrenheit 451 was definitely one of the books that made me kind of uh -huh. sit up and realize what books can do. So what, what books did you read when you were younger? It was sort of, I started out with Encyclopedia Brown oh, and, then, <laughs> and then moved up to Hardy Boys. Okay. And then my mom got me into like Dean Koontz when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, which was really weird. And probably I should not have been reading those books at that, at that young. Um, and yeah, and then it kind of took off from there. Then I got into sort of like crime friction and transgressive fiction and, and all the, and, and then sci-fi and, so I, I try to read really widely, you know, like it's good to have a sphere of influence, but you also kind of want to get outside that sphere to sort of, yeah. you know, develop your voice. And would you say, what would you say is your favorite book other than your own, of course? Uh, my, my favorite book of all time is In the City of Shy Hunters by Tom Spandauer. Um, it's about uh, 1970s New York, and it's just, I think, one of the most beautifully written books ever. Interesting. I'd have to put that, on my list. that has to go on the list. Add that to the list, Naz. <laughs> it's on the list. Hey, so I have to say, one, you've you've autographed a lot of books for us here, uh, and and this this is my copy. I think this is my copy. Uh, yeah, and I think when you when you when you were doing this, I think this is uh, the most creative. And I'm, I I don't know if you stole this or you you borrowed the idea, but I think it's genius. You know, an author could just sign a book, right? To 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 Frank, Rob. Uh, but in this case, Rob took it the next step, and it, he's got a stamp. But he, then he assigns a shirt color to you, which is relative to the story. So oh, it says, you know, I have a regular copy. I want an autographed copy. Now. So I didn't give you a stamped copy. Oh boy! I didn't, oh, you know uh -oh. what? I Sorry. Didn't, no, no, no! I didn't ask for special treatment. I well, just went on Amazon and bought it. But now oh, okay. I. Now well, I yeah, it. yeah. Well, when, when the world finally opens back up, I'll bring the stamp down to Rabs. Okay, there then. Go. Well, there you go. So I want you to talk about the stamp because I think this is really unique. So you, you make you you basically made, made the, the experience personal for the for the reader. But what what, what why what was what was the well, that yeah you know it's it's like signing a book is fine and and also like I always struggle with trying to write something like clever or funny in people's books and with a stamp like that kind of just I didn't have to do that I could just like do the stamp and be done. Um, but I also kind of figured like, oh, like this will be something people can take pictures of and they'll share on Instagram or they'll share on Twitter, which which people have and is super cool. So it just seemed like a, a fun little way to keep myself entertained uh, with the whole process. I think I spent like, I went to Vistaprint and had the stamp made up and I think it cost like $15. And, and I bought like 10 stamp pads because I thought I would go through them real quick. And after signing like literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books, I'm still using the same ink pad. Oh, Ooh. Yeah, they're pretty. I have to say, they, 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 they do last long. I, I think it's. I think it's genius. I haven't yeah. seen. I haven't seen that done. Yeah, uh, I'm awesome. not a. Listen, I'm not an avid book reader, and I have a lot of books. Uh, but I, there are some that I'll pick and choose. Uh, but I thought that was that was really unique. Yeah. I haven't seen that in, in all the autographed books that I do have. That was a first. So, pretty cool. Uh, your mother is sitting here, of course. Oh God. Uh, with pride and and so hey, I want you to talk about something. So your mother talks about. Uh, going to book signings, and I'm sure for you that has to be a daunting thing. Uh, do you tell her to be quiet, not ask questions? <laughs> What's that experience like having your mother come to book signings? 
Well, first off, I'm not going to tell her what she can and can't do because she's going to do whatever she wants to do anyway. Um, that, that's that's just ridiculous. Um, you know, uh, uh, it's 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 funny. She's she's kind of my biggest fan, which uh, which I like, and you know, she she really supports what I do, which is really nice. And she always tries to think of a question to ask me at my events. And they're actually usually like really smart, thoughtful questions that make me like think for a minute, which you know is is not always the the case. And so, you know, it's uh, it, it's a it's always it's always a trip. You know, what? like she she was asking, she she really wants to come on one of my foreign trips next, which uh, oh, I bet she does. We'll see about that. <laughs> uh, Amanda, no, no, no. <laughs> tell Amanda, tell tell Terry, no, stay home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the best question she's asked you? Oh God, I think she asked me about like one of the main characters' political affiliations once, and I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting question that I haven't gotten anywhere yet." <laughs> In some form, maybe not the best question to ask. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And she's, I think, in here selling books. Yeah, I think she that, is. I think that's, I think that's happening. Oh, um, good. Good. <laughs> hey, so where? Obviously, uh, we can go to Amazon. Where is the best place for someone to uh, to go out and support and buy and, and purchase your books? I really, you know, Amazon has enough money right now. I think uh, the best thing to do is if you have a local bookstore, you know, um, to to go to them. I know Staten Island doesn't have like a, a new independent, like a there there are some used bookstores, but there's no in, independent bookstores. There's Barnes and Noble, uh, which has always been very kind to me, and they're and they're very cool people. And my understanding is that they're open and they're doing curbside pickup. And uh, I would say definitely check them out, but also nearly every indie bookstore will deliver. Um, and there's also this website called bookshop.org where they, they've basically set up this system where you can go and order from them and the book will be fulfilled by a local indie and that indie will get a cut of the sale. That's so, cool. Yeah. So, so it's bookshop.org, which is where I've been. I, I I've also been, I've ordered from books or magic, uh, which is in Brooklyn. Um, uh, Murder by the Book in Houston, which uh, they they've been very good to me. Um, you know, just trying to sort of go after the stores that have hosted me and and have sold books for me, and just tr try to you know pick up my reading material for them. But you know, it, and it sort of underscores the important thing right now is like again, you can order from Amazon and and contribute to their you know sort of gigantic machine, right. or you know you can order something from within your local community. Uh, yeah. that's going to keep your neighbors employed. That's going to keep a storefront open. That's going to, you know, actually pump money into local businesses. And yes, sometimes that might mean waiting an extra day or two, or, you know, having to put on a face mask and go out to the local hardware store or grocery store okay. or something. But I, I think it's a really worthwhile thing to be doing right now. Yeah. Uh, oh, I couldn't agree more. We, uh, we remind everybody, uh, support your local business shop yeah. small, uh, yeah. especially in times like this and not saying, listen, there are conveniences that people are willing to pay for. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we could, we could, we have access to it. Let's, let's make yeah, it. The loss, of, the loss of small bookstores and uh, especially on Staten Island is sad. Yeah. 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 It's, it's tough. And especially, you know, I think that we're, we're to the point now where like the North shore can probably support uh, an independent bookstore, but bookstores yeah. are also really hard businesses. I mean, there's definitely, <clears throat> There, there's been a resurgence in, in local bookstores in the last couple of years. They've been doing better, but you know, it's still, you know, just to the, the amount of money you have to lay out to open one because you have to basically like the amount of stock you have to have and, you know, being able to sort of guess at what your readers are going to want based on like where you're located. And it's just, it's tough, you know? Um, 
I think that uh, this this is this is going to be make or break for a lot of uh, especially the smaller independent bookstores. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why I think it's good to sort of, you know, I think bookshop.org is close to raising like a million dollars for bookstores or something. So um, yeah, definitely a worthwhile place to shop. Uh, check that out. Hey, uh, of of your work, uh, what what is your favorite piece of work that you've done in your in your opinion? You know, my, my, my favorite thing is usually what I'm working on um, because I, I always kind of want each thing. I, like, I, I want my, my first book to be the worst thing I ever wrote, and I want my last book to be the best thing I ever wrote. And, you know, the book I'm writing now is uh, it, it's, it's called Paradox Hotel, and it's a, it's a time travel book, but it's also got issues of, like, classism and, and why billionaires are terrible. Um, I see and it's, a recurrent theme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and I've always wanted to write a time travel book, so it's been really, really gratifying to write. And so I'm like, like this, this is definitely my favorite thing right now um, because I feel like I'm pushing myself in a lot of ways that I haven't before. And uh, I mean, I'm close to finishing the first draft and I'm definitely in a little bit of a lull where I'm like, this is not working. Um, but I know I'm going to pull out of that and, and uh, we're going to get it done. Well, do you think that's because you're cooped up at home and not, and, and not, and not getting out, getting out? You know... I, I actually, I, I hit a groove on the book right before sort of the, the lockdown started. And I, I feel very lucky for that because I know a lot of other writers who are, are really struggling to be creative right now because of all the stress and all the anxiety and, and just everything that's going on. And, you know, I, I wonder how different this would have looked if I was sort of between projects or if I was earlier in the process and, and hadn't really found my footing on it. Because sometimes that's the hardest part is like getting into the voice and the mindset of the book. So you know, it's, uh, and it's been fits and starts for me. Like I'll have days where I write like 5,000 words, which is a really nice chunk and days where I just kind of sit there and look at it and I'm like, nah, nah, nope. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's definitely going to get done a lot sooner than it would have because of this, but you know, it's, uh, it, it hasn't always been easy. Where would you say, uh, and I think every writer has a place, uh, but if you were writing your right, if you're writing, where is the ideal place for you to be, uh, to be writing? Whether you have to see something, is there a space that you say, I need to be there and that's where I do my best work? Uh, lately, I've been going to this uh, sort of shared writing space in the city. It's, uh, it's on Broadway near uh, Waverly. It's called uh, The Writer's Room. And, and it's pretty cool. It's, it's uh, subsidized by grants from the city, from DCA. So it's not like terribly expensive, uh, but you pay a monthly rent and you get to go and like get a desk and, it's super quiet and they don't let people have their cell phones inside and like they've got great snacks and coffee and stuff and it's just super chill and and it's i'm always so productive there because when i'm home it's very easy to be like oh you know i'm going to put on an episode of the office or i'm going to go you know go run an errand or i'm going to do this or i'm going to do that but whereas if i'm there then i'm just sort of locked in and working so yeah i uh i miss the writer's room a lot and i cannot wait to go back that's cool. I, it's about the snacks, right? It's, it's all about the snacks. They they have they have the the little pretzel nuggets that are filled with peanut butter, and, uh, oh. and I'm pretty sure I caught the flu digging into there. <laughs> but you know, it was worth it. <laughs> you never know what you're gonna find in a in a yeah <laughs> pretzel nuggets. I love we love those. We absolutely love those those a snack. Hey, uh, so uh, when was the last time you picked up a bowling ball? So. Uh, October, um, 
my my agent he organized a big bowling party we were down in dallas uh at this at this convention and he organized a big bowling party for all of his clients and um me and him were were the leaders of the pack because of course you know you know knowing my mom like i grew up in a bowling alley so i i actually am somewhat decent at bowling and uh so i beat him in the first game and then for the second game i was like well let's make a bet um so industry standard is your agent gets like you know a, a small percentage of your uh of your sales right yeah. like that's how they make their living and i was like okay for the yeah. second game if if you win i will take a cut on my share but you know but but vice versa like if i win you have to take a cut on yours and he was like no i don't want to take that bet and then he beat, <laughs> and then he beat me so i was like josh you should have done it maybe you never know uh, yeah. The question of the day: uh, Where's Abby today? Yeah. Where is oh that? God, she is stomping around like uh, like Godzilla. I don't know how a five year old who weighs thirty pounds can walk around this house and like the wall shake. <laughs> but um, no, I, I think actually in a second I'm going to go take her outside and try to get her a little fresh air. We we just got her a bike, so she is a big fan of the bike. Oh, that's cool. That's exciting. Yeah. 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 For especially for a little one. Uh, and then uh, the warehouse makes book number, a question from, from uh, Brian. Uh, warehouse makes book number what for you? Uh, six, seven. One, two, three, four, seven. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because one of those is a short story collection. And I also wrote something with James Patterson, but that only came out as an ebook. So, yeah, I don't know. It's all sort of right, all over the place. <laughs> Uh oh, uh, Amanda says she's coming. Invi invite her in. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, kudos to Amanda. I have to yeah. say, we haven't, uh, Amanda, I love following you. Uh, but Formal Friday. Yes. Hi. Should be more of a thing. And maybe we kick her up on that. Hi, Abby. Hi. Can you say hi? Look who it is. Hi. We, we miss you. We miss you. Mom's watching you. Yeah, I know Mom's watching me. Do you miss being in the bowling alley? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. What do you, you sure everyone, sure everyone you're Olaf pajamas? Mm -hmm. Oh, Olaf, of course. And I'm sure she's been singing. Yep. <laughs> uh, Abby, what do you miss most of, most about coming to the bowling alley? Oh, wait, I'm wearing a headset. I don't think she can actually hear. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Abby, what do you miss most about coming to the bowling alley? I liked when I was bowling. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. we, miss, we miss seeing you. Mm -hmm. We'll see you soon, all we right? We can't wait for you to come back. Yeah, me too. And then, and then we'll ring the bell to get Nana. To get yeah, we'll ring the bell to Well, you have fun and be good for Mommy and Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. She's too cute. She's too... We miss you. We miss you. We miss you. She's coming here and talking for us. Okay, you all done? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, nothing like having kids uh, at home, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Rob, really, thank you for, for thank dropping you. in and joining us today. We really yeah, no, thanks so much for having me. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you guys are doing this, and I can't wait until Rabs is open back up. Yeah, we can't wait. We, we can't. We can't wait either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Thank you again. Thank you, we know Rob, we'll and see good you luck. Soon. And no good problem. Luck. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You got okay, it. We'll you talk too. to you. All right, bye. He's awesome. It's the he talented is. Rob Hart. I wanted to ask him. I didn't get a chance to. I wanted to ask him. That's okay. I'll ask him another time.
when you know uh, when the family all gets together, like uh, does he take a lot of you know razzing and BS because oh yeah, the big shot brother. When you come here, you still uh, you still like the rest of us. Maybe of we maybe Terry. Maybe we're good. We didn't ask him that yeah, on the air. Yeah. Terry will tell us. <laughs> Terry will tell us. Yeah, we. Do, I like the Terry family stories. There. Yeah, she's uh, got she's got stories. She has stories, and then and Mary. I know Mary was piped in here. Uh, Mary has her own stories, and so I love hearing from Mary's perspective. You know, the youngest one <laughs> of how this all goes down. Uh, well, again, th thank you, Rob. Thank you, Terry. Uh, yeah, he was great guest. Great guest. Yeah, the the, the talent. He's he really is talented, and so in the work, it is great, and and we're excited to see it come to fit, come to life. Yeah, yeah. He's obviously working on something new, which he alluded to. So it'd yeah. be exciting yeah. to see to get that published, and hopefully, he's uh, he's on on a track where the next couple of works could get picked up, and and even you kind of he said alluded to it. It, the next one might not get picked up. You know, you might yeah, have you, you might know. have this, this right. big big right. thing, and then you know, hopefully it goes up. But I think he's got the right idea. You know, is to keep working, keep yeah. getting your ideas on paper. And I was always amazed at the uh, the process. You know, I, I guess I'm like that with everything. Like I like to know the process that goes behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and you know, I I could imagine something like that is uh, like he's. I'm not surprised when he said. It took him from the 18 years old to 32 to get, you know, to actually get his first book yeah. to life because, yeah, I mean, I, just the whole task of it. Yeah. I, uh, oh, wait, Tevi, can you tell us, is Rob doing a uh, uh, how to write a book series? At, oh. at uh, I think she mentioned that to me. So, Terry, please answer us in the uh, messages there. And let us know if, if Rob is going to be doing that. You have two questions I, and, he, and he's gone. Real nice. That's great. <laughs> Welcome to Live from Rabs when we, we well, have questions I, for guests just, and we don't answer them. Don't answer. <laughs> Kidding, I'm breaking your chops. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Terry is here. She could answer that. She could answer that question. Uh, anyway, so but so from Anthony and from Anthony's perspective, which is what I, I know well and I hear him, um, Rob, that whole international thing was very different experience yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, and going there and seeing your work uh, being changed. And so he talked a little bit about how they change it to make it relevant. That film, so we went to Rome and then we went to Milan for the premieres of the movie. Uh, he's the only one that speaks Italian. She said she hadn't heard about that. Uh, maybe I made it up. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to get back to you on maybe that. Maybe it's a good thing for him to think about. <laughs> uh and, and a couple of others that, that knew Italian, but I don't speak Italian. I know a little bit. We sat and watched the film in Italian, didn't understand a lick of it, but actually understood the whole story because we already knew the story. The crazy part, I even understood the changes that were made right. just based on right. what was happening in front of me, even right. in another language. Right. Uh, but they made it relevant. And yeah. it, his story takes place in Brooklyn. It's, they're not going to make it take place in Brooklyn. His dad's not going to be a loan shark. Right. You know, it's, he's going to be... They're going to adapt it yeah. to the audience. Makes total sense. And yeah. I, I, that's, that's cool to hear. And the photo, uh, we've talked about the, the changes in the book covers. If you look it up, look up the warehouse and then look it up in different countries and you'll see the even, different covers. Even in the United States, I believe it had different covers. Yeah. I, th the one, I think the one in the UK has got a barcode on it. Yeah. Um, and it, again, it's just how, it, how it, the perception or w what the story yeah. relates to. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. 
Well, good luck to you. Uh, thanks for yeah. all. Uh, and, and Amanda, I said it, if you're still watching, I think Friday we should, Naz and I should embrace formal Friday. I have no problem with that. We just have to put parameters on what uh, formal is. You could do whatever you consider to be formal. Okay. Formal right. Friday. We're gonna. We're gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna wear a sweatshirt. I'm actually gonna get changed and do something. But yeah, formal Friday. Okay, I'm in. We're gonna purchase. I'm in. We'll start this we'll Friday share, um, with Doctor Dean. With Dr. We're gonna Dean. get dressed up for Doctor Dean. He's, <laughs> He's gonna, gonna wonder be, what's wrong. I'm gonna wear like a tiara and a gown before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really throw him off his game. So I've been sharing some photos of Rabs through the years. Uh, again, here's, I'm going to surprise Naz with another one. I think she, she could see oh, it. Oh, is this going to be embarrassing? No, no, it's a good okay. one. It's actually, it's it's not, it, it, this is from 97, I believe, oh, from God the God. United States Youth Games. Oh, uh, fondest, fondest memories uh, of coaching with this group was, uh, I we store you want to talk about stories for days. There you are, we, Naz. You're right, right there. I still see pretty much all of these kids, and they still bring up stories from stories from youth games. Yeah. So uh, New York City hosted uh, the youth games. I believe it was '97. Look, the pro shop was behind '47 and '48. Then not a shock. Um, but there's Tina Fischetti. I think that's. Uh, I can't really see Tina Fischetti the, in, in the white. Is that Chelsea? And uh, no, I think that's Erica. I can't see the picture. I oh, it's uh, Erica yes, Van I Pelt definitely see Kaczynski. Erica. Yes. Uh, and then Parker Bowen. Look at look at that sharp looking guy. He's sharp. That's why I said that was one of the things that you know we asked him to come and do a little thing there, and he was he's always he's always in. He's he's a great guy. And as I have some great youth games memories, oh. we traveled around the country. Uh, in some cases, we took. He just a, showed the picture. He missed it. Took a plane to Newark. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't take a plane to Newark. We actually, do you remember? Newark? I didn't get. I didn't bowl Newark. I was done. We oh, actually, no, I actually had yeah. a police escort to Newark. Yes, because something happened with the car. We broke down. Something happened. I can't. I don't remember the details. I'm sure somebody on the team is going to remember the details. But I remember having a police escort from the toll plaza on the turnpike to the uh, to where the event was in Newark. You were in a, you guys stayed in a dormitory, right? Yeah. Well, I guess that was in part of university. what makes the whole situation. I mean, it was a team of uh, girls and boys, obviously, dormed separately. And um, we were in Atlanta. We were in Houston. Not in, Atlanta, Alabama, and Houston are the ones I remember. Yeah, well, we did Birmingham twice. Yes. And um, it was uh, – it was – there's a reason why they had a cutoff for the age. <laughs> I mean, the age was 15. You yeah. had to be under It was 14. U15. Yeah. It was U15, U12. And uh, there's a giant – Rick Gomez still has. I, I, I he sent Dave and I a picture a couple weeks ago of his New York duffel bag. He still has it. Sixteen, almost twenty years later, he still has this duffel bag. Yeah, um, we had some adventures. Let's say I think one of my favorite adventures happens to be and just one. Uh, one of we were in Birmingham, and uh, there was somebody full, pulled a fire alarm. 
And uh, of course, I, I, when somebody pulls a fire alarm, <laughs> nobody moves. In a building full of kids. In a, but nobody moves. Nobody, everybody's <laughs> like, oh, oh, the fire alarm went off. Like everybody expects it to be a false alarm. And that's anywhere you go. I've been in many hotels, same type of thing. Thing goes off, the lights blinking, and nobody, everybody just looks outside their door. Well, in this case, we were on the, I think we were on the first, no, no, that was a different time. Okay. We were upstairs because I remember being in the hotel and looking down and they told us it's a false, they got to us before we could leave. And there's Nazareth outside, <laughs> like panicking, looking for us. And we're in the room still, and we're banging on the glass, thinking, thinking like idiots uh, that she, she could hear us. And <laughs> we're up here, we're waving, no. And then, of course, when Naz came back in, are you screaming at us? Screaming yeah, I had several uh, <laughs> uh, screaming. Uh, well, oh, listen, they were dormed in rooms. Uh, and this was a happy uh, You know, they had the boys dormed separately in a separate building from the girls, thank God. And uh, so the they had uh, counselors with the boys because who for teams who didn't have a boy coach, a, a male coach. And so I basically stayed with the girls, but, um, I, it was, it, I, I, this, I can't even think of stories to tell. I mean, we actually saw, uh, destiny's child. We did before they were, yeah. Before in Houston. they were famous. Right. Cause they were from Houston. We yeah. saw them before. We yeah. saw them before they were famous. And uh, we actually saw them up pretty close too. Yeah. Um, and actually, I, I believe it was kind of like a meet and greet thing afterwards. Um, but uh, yeah, they were, you know, they were like down there, they were popular then. Who would have known? We had no clue. What we had they no were that uh, Beyonce <laughs> would be the Queen Bee now. I have to laugh. So my brother Bold was on the team. I wasn't there, but my, my father, father my uncle, and I traveled. Because uh, we went to go see Red Bassett uh, right. when we were down right. there. Right, you did a little side. Uh, we went to an Astros game. We 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 enjoyed it. But we were, I remember all of us going, "Who who are these?" Like nobody knew. Yeah, nobody. They, knew they had one song that like people knew. Yes, but yes. It, it was it, it was a cool experience. But the youth games really, it was a qualifying. You made a team. We traveled the country from all different. They canceled. The, you, we were supposed to go to the Virgin Islands, two thousand, oh, two thousand one, whatever. That year was, it was the I I toiled through Alabama twice. In the middle of the summer, Houston, in the middle of the summer, to eventually get to the Virgin Islands, and they canceled. Well, they didn't can Yeah, New York canceled. They can the city New of York, New, York New York said canceled. we weren't traveling yes. there because they had some issues going on. Uh, that, that was would, there was a little problem feeling like it was international travel and well, taking all these kids. The yeah. following year, we learned we heard horror stories, so it probably <laughs> so was a good thing it we was didn't a good thing we didn't go. go. Cool. You know, we talk about this all the time. If it wasn't for bowling, um, we wouldn't. The places we visited, the people that we meet, uh, wouldn't happen if we weren't bowling or being in this in this business. So, uh, there's something to be said for that. Yeah, too. I mean, there were kids that were that you know didn't come from this bowling center that were on the team and came with us, and I still talk to the kids, and and you know, it's still nice to kind of touch base and. See where they've gone, and or their kids now bowling in tournaments. We yes. had we had that yes. recently. Yes, we did. Or their kids have now shown up for tournaments, which is cool. Yes, or we did. I remember the first junior golds. Uh, Dave Kaczynski Gold and Steve Ennis and I went and watched, uh, which was a boring experience. Terrible. <laughs> Don't go and watch. I'm sorry, especially it's, it's, when it's you tough. especially, especially when, when you young. want to be bowling. Yeah. But that year, we had it was like pre junior gold experiences. 
where we had met these kids in our travels from all different parts of the right. country. Right. And here we go to this other event. But wait a second. Oh, I remember, I remember you. And, right. Uh, right. I mean, it wasn't always a good thing. But. Right. Right. <laughs> we had some good, good, yeah. good times. And, and, you know, we were so fortunate to have a sport like this that offers those opportunities um, for competition. And, and, and it's not just the competitions. Like you said, it's uh, – you know, it's it's the relationships and the friendships and the people that you meet, and you know they last a long time. Listen, uh, there are lots of people I still talk to from 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 bowling and competing yeah. in those times. I don't yeah. see them, but you, 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 you at least connect with them. It's pretty cool. Um, and no, I am not wearing a crown and a dress. <laughs> That's just plain old ridiculous. Uh, but Formal Friday. Uh, yeah, anyway. we're going to do Formal Friday. I like that idea. I was going to actually suggest it a couple of weeks ago. I said. We have enough going on. No, we should do it. We should participate. I think it's cool. Um, hey, a couple shout outs. Uh, happy anniversary, 20th anniversary to the Rourkes, Stephanie and oh, Kevin. Oh, never had a fight. Never had a fight. That's oh. why Kevin has no hair. <laughs> 20 years. And then I think, I, I believe I saw uh, the Labargos, Joe and Donna yes, are celebrating. I did see him say. An anniversary. That's nice. Yeah. That's happy anniversary. Nice. You're celebrating. I hope you have plans. Nice, di nice dinners. Uh, for your spouses and whether yeah. you're cooking or ordering out or, or doing ordering. something. Yeah. I hope you have something nice planned since you can't really go out to go out yeah. somewhere. Soon enough. Soon so, enough. 20 years. Poor Stephanie. <laughs> if, I, I don't know who's which one of them are watching, but poor Stephanie. And I'll text her. Never had Never a fight. Never had a fight. That's what I said. Yeah. Yep. Um, happy anniversary. Um, tomorrow's Thursday, Naz. You're good, good at keeping track of the days, I'm Frank. Not, I'm, I'm not. very proud of you. <laughs> uh, Tomorrow is Thursday, which means we're going to talk more food. Yep. And we really didn't talk. We barely talked about food. That's all right. That's all right. We can get through it. Uh, Pamela Silvestri. Yes. Is going to be with us tomorrow. Our Staten Island advanced food editor, food, Staten Island food guru, who's going to join us with other special guests. We'll talk about food and the restaurant scene. And uh, if you tuned in last week, we talked about gardening and figs. And uh, Yeah, that was good. My little fig tree is hanging on. I think she posted, I think it was in a... Excuse me. I think a thing that she posted today. People were excited. They started to see. They're starting to see fruit already from there. From really? there. Yeah. I'm going to go back and read early. that, but I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what I read. Uh, and yes, Michelle, the days are kind of flying by. We talked about that yesterday. It, if if we were home cooped up, I feel like they wouldn't. But because we're people, yeah, we're, we're out busy, and we yeah we're yeah yeah I yeah, certainly I feel the the same way. And a segment in the kitchen with Rabs. We're working on it. Uh, when Marco comes back, we're gonna we're gonna get him in the in the in the pizzeria. Uh, but we're working on an in the kitchen segment too. Yeah. Uh, and then the, we're gonna the rest of the week. Friday. Uh, who's with us Friday? Dr. Dean, sports psychologist of the stars. <laughs> so when we introduce him on Friday, you have to say yes. that. And then we're gonna. Yeah, be I probably full. won't. He might not like that. <laughs> uh, and then Saturday is Pro Bowler Hall of Famer Saturday. We're gonna be never disappoint outside. I think. I hope so. Yeah. We're yeah. Go. Is that That's the shop the phone ringing? Oh, hello. It's probably. Uh, it's probably. Uh, probably Google calling for the oh, tech line today. They're the worst with the phone calls. Uh, your information isn't updated. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> today is Thursday. <laughs> Tomorrow is Thursday, March sixtieth. Yes. You know, it's like March has never ended. That is kind of. That is true, Angelo. Uh, so anyway, so Saturday, PBA, PWBA, uh, champions, Linda and Chris Barnes, Joe Cow back in the studio. 
Can't wait. And we're going to be outside the studio. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. I'm going to bring some sunscreen. Some sunscreen, some umbrellas. I, again, we're going to try this. I don't know how this is going to yeah, work. We're not so sure how it's going to work out, but we're, we're adventurous. We like to try different things. So we're going to go out there and see how it works out. We're going to be like this. <laughs> we won't be able to see anything. We'll have sunglasses on. You don't know. Oh. We're going to try it. Stephen Ennis, you just popped in, but we were just talking about you. And, and I don't know if it was really good or not, but you're going to have to rewind and, and, and check that out. Uh, well, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, it was a good day. It was a good day. You're right. You're good today. Yeah, today's a good day. We're we're uh, we got the citrus bliss diffusing. You you like that one, right? Citrus I do. I'm bliss? a I'm a fan of the citrus smells. Yeah. I even yeah. like it. Uh, like at night, I'll have it have tea. I like the tangerine. I, I'm a yeah, I'm, I like I'm, an, I'm a citrus kind of yeah. kind of guy. So uh, yeah, no, today was a good day. I'm gonna maybe finish up a tiny bit of painting in there, and then I'm going home. What's for dinner? Take this or that. Let it stay glass. We might have some leftovers tonight. I don't know. Yeah, don't know. that's what we're doing. We're some leftovers. We have to pick a night where we have to eat leftovers because we could keep cooking every night. But then yeah, we wind then up you with have. Some, I have a, I have a, like a, a little bit of everything. I have a refrigerator full of food. So now I'm. I think I'm going to put out because uh, last night I made the steaks, but I also made some chicken cutlets. So, uh, so yeah, I've got some stuff that we need to purge. <laughs> need to purge your fridge. <laughs> Can't waste it. Can't waste it. Well, thanks for for, for tuning in with us. Uh, we look forward to tomorrow. Oh, Naz, tomorrow is episode 40. 40. The big 4-0. The big 4-0. We've now surpassed way past my age. We're yeah. getting we're getting, we're getting close to, to your, your age. Oh, we, we, got a, we got a bit to go. but yeah, Tomorrow is the Liz birthday show. The big 4-0. <laughs> Liz just celebrated her 40th birthday in August. Oh, oh my God, Liz! That was almost a year ago. Shut Just up! Just think. Oh. <laughs> Shut up! Just saying. Just saying. You were celebrating on the night that we had the overnight tournament. Oh, that's yes, right. We <laughs> were. <laughs> Story for another day. Anyway, yes, we were. Well, thanks for <laughs> thanks for tuning in tomorrow. Tune in two o'clock. Yep. Right here on <gasps> Facebook. Yeah, Terry wants us to talk about. We'll talk about Sunday tomorrow. Oh, uh, yeah, no, no, no. You want to talk about Sunday? Yeah. Sure. You know what? We Sunday. might. Terry, see, here's the problem, Terry. We, we've got a schedule here. We're, we're, we're talking about the week. The week ends on Saturday and it starts Correct. up again on Sunday. Correct. But Terry, yeah, you know, we do have a special guest that's going to be with us on Sunday. Goodness. Who's going to be with us on and Sunday? And on Sunday, uh, actually, it's super special. Uh, we have X Met, X Yankee. Uh, Pedro Beato will be joining us. Uh, I believe he he's a relief pitcher, um, and uh, he is. I, I'm not sure he was with. I believe he was with Boston. I'm not sure. Don't make up things. He, I, I'm not sure he's still there. No, he was. I'm pretty sure that's where he was. And uh, so we're going to find out about what he's up to, and uh, what he's doing now, and how he's handling the. Uh, uh, quarantine and uh, what he thinks about the current baseball situation. And they're tossing around some possibilities of uh, what the season might look like coming out of this. And if anybody was watching Joe Calandrillo somewhat predicted what's happening here. He certainly did. No, he had some, he, of course there was some scoop talking about, but it looks like a hundred games. Uh, they're going to, 
be the division, tighten and the divisions. Divisions are going to be changed according to location. And, part, and, and they're going to play in their, um, yeah. right, their spring training facilities, or re, at least in those regions, however they're going to split them up. But interesting, it looks like they're going to, uh, uh, they're going to get some games in. So we'll see. I'm a little upset because we've got, you know, a season tickets. To the that are still that sitting up there in the box unused. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's disappointing. But, uh, you know, we're, it's the world we live in right now. We're going to deal with it. Is Naz going to kill me or you're going to kill me? Yeah, I'm I don't a little, know are you talking in the third person term? No, I think she was talking about me. Oh, Liz is going to kill me. Oh, well, that could be. That's fine. It wouldn't be the first time Liz and I had an argument or yelled at each other or whatever. We might so, say. yeah. So, Sunday is uh, is actually going to be kind of exciting. Yeah. And uh, so, look at this. We've got some, we're going to talk about food, sports psychology, and bowling. Bowling, and then uh, baseball. Baseball. We've got a, a great few days ahead of us. So, thank you. Thank you again, Terry. Thanks for reminding us, Terry. Yeah. But if you've watched on a regular basis, you know how this You works. would know we don't do Sunday today, but that's okay. He pitched against the Yankees in his. In oh, the that's right. That's when, where I got that he did, and, and we'll talk about the outcome of that at bat when he's here on Sunday, which I clearly remember. <laughs> that was a fun. The Subway Series was fun to watch. We had a good time watching. I, it Subway was. Series. It was heart wrenching. I. Hate it was heart wrenching. At the same time, it no was matter exciting. what the outcome was, it was just. A, oh. uh, it, it just sits in the pit of my stomach. The whole series watching. It's very nerve wracking. It was me. exciting. It was exciting. It would have been more exciting. If yes, the Mets, if the Mets won. won. We didn't. <laughs> I got. It. I got. It. it was exciting at the time. Jesus Christ. Anyway, okay, you're getting me excited today, Nance. We got good stuff happening. We do. We have a lot of good things. Well, uh, <laughs> you're going to thank Pedro. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, well, once again, thanks for tuning in. Continue to uh, to tune in tomorrow, two o'clock, every day until further notice. UFN. UFN, T 2 p.m. here live on Facebook. We'll continue doing it. We were extended through May 15th. <laughs> we'll, we'll see where that goes. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Continue to like and share. If you are if you don't already like our page or subscribe, do so. Do it. So you get what are you waiting for? <laughs> You're here every day. Oh. Subscribe, like. And not follow the page. Like the like page. Because otherwise you don't get the notification. You get the Correct. Tells you that, oh, look at that. Frank and Naz are live from Inside Raps. That's who you have to thank. Beltron, not uh, that what's is his true. name. That is true. Oh. Uh, and, you know, we're always trying to, what are we trying to do here, Naz? What we do keep we it do real. Here? Even when it's tough. We keep it real. A few good days ahead. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Ness. That was awesome. <laughs> I'll see you then. Bye.